and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is April the 4th, 2022. My name is Frank, his name is Alex. And before we get started today, I would uh, just like to ask if you are listening to this and you enjoy this show, please stop whatever you are doing, press pause. If you're holding a baby, put that baby down. Go to whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and rate and review the Friendship News Hour. We would appreciate it a ton. It helps us out more than you can imagine, and every little bit counts. So please give us a view, a review, rate us, and be fair about it. If you like us, let us know. If you don't, why are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, pre- we would we would really appreciate it. Um, what's up, man? How are you? How was your weekend? Doing well, man. It was a rainy, cold weekend here, so that was kind of depressing, but went and saw Baby Keem up in Milwaukee, and that was excellent. Grammy award-winning Baby Keem. I now. saw that. You know, yes. I, I don't really know of the Keem, Sir Keem. Um, ah. Apparently, they're giving Grammys to babies now. <laughs> He's the uh, first artist, basically, to sign to PG Lang. I, I think he might even be part owner, but it's Kendrick Lamar's like, label that he's leaving Top Dog Entertainment and starting his own kind of thing. So, yeah, no kidding. Mr. Keem was his first main artist, uh, and he fucking killed it, man. Like The floor was shaking. The, the youth today is very exuberant uh, at mm. these shows, man. I, I grew up, and we kind of talked about this a few months ago, but... Grew up metalheads. We've been to a ton of concerts, shit like that. Like seeing crazy shit, but kind of like thinking about like back to like the Astro World shit with Travis Scott and stuff. It's like the kids at these shows these days, man, are going way too crazy, man. And and <laughs> they had EMSs all up in that bitch. Like they're they're jumping around, pushing people. Like people are moving. Like where it's just like huge masses of people, and you can't really stop it. Like kids today go crazy, man. It makes me feel old as fuck saying that, but it, it kind of blew me away how turnt it was. It's hard to like bring myself back to that moment in my youth mm-hmm. and. I do remember going as crazy as I possibly could, but there was some sort of collective restraint, right? Like there was a respect for the population in that like if things got overboard, then, you know, you could flip the switch off in in an instant and be like, okay, let's get this under control. We're all here to have fun at the end of the day. Exactly. But that's cool, man. Yeah. You're talking about feeling old. I couldn't imagine driving to another state to go see somebody in concert. Even if I really like them, it would be like <laughs> such a monumental undertaking for me. But would you drive to LA to go see an artist? It's the same drive distance wise. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. different for okay. you, I guess, a little bit because Cali's pretty large. I suppose. But for me, it was like an hour and a half jaunt. I would have to really like the the, the artist I'm seeing to go to LA and, and view them. I really like this guy. It was a great time. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy you went. I'm going to have to check out this uh, Baby Keem. Wearing a shirt now. His new album, uh, Melodic Blue. He was nominated for Best New Artist also at the Grammys, but he lost it to Olivia Rodrigo because no one was fucking taking that award from her. She had a huge year. Um, but he's great, man. He's he's like real unique. I feel like you have a lot of rappers these days that kind of starting to sound a lot like Young Thug and and like just kind of everyone is is sounding the same more and more and more. And maybe that's all really sounding like Kanye West or T-Pain from back in the day. But I feel like he's actually got like a interesting perspective and stylistic viewpoint on rap music for the current generation. So I'm a, I'm a large fan of the baby Keem. What did he win a Grammy for? He won for best rap performance with his song family ties with Kendrick. Ah, I know that song. He also goes by two phone baby Keem. That's him. Okay. Yes. Got it now. Great song. Yep. It's a beautiful rendition. (laughs) Thank you. It's my karaoke version. Uh, I also found out this weekend that I should just not buy bags at Tootsie Rolls at Target when I go, because that bag is no longer with us. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny that you say that. I was at Costco over the weekend, and I was buying uh, some gifts for a baby shower, mm-hmm. and they were sampling those little uh, 
those little truffles, the lint truffles, oh. you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Do I know what you're talking yeah. about? So yes. they had them, they were given like whole ones away and I was like, oh, <sighs> and they were on sale. So I picked up a bag mm. and then I walked around the store for a little bit and I came back and I put the bag away and I was like, dude, you're going <laughs> to eat the whole fucking thing. And those are bad as fuck for you, bro. That's oh, pure that's fat. Fat and sugar. That's all <laughs> yeah. it is, dude. It's just like pure cocoa butter and sugar. They're so good, though. It's oh, delicious. <laughs> so you got a belly full of Tootsie Rolls then, huh? Yeah, man. I, that's my... Babs always makes fun of me, man. I, I am addicted to old people candy. Like, some of my favorites include... Spice drops, Tootsie Rolls, good and plenties. The list goes on, but it's it's oh. jelly beans. I I just love the candy that you'd get at, at like a grandparent's house. Spice drops might be the most unfavorable candy ever. It's blasphemy. They're so blasphemy. gross, dude. They're so good. Just Jewy so perfectness. It <laughs> just said Jewy perfectness. They're chewy perfectness. Leave the Jews out of it. They have nothing to do with this. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you, our Hebrew friends do not like spice drops. I just got canceled trying to talk candy, bro. You should get canceled just for saying, I like good in plenty. <laughs> hey, black licorice is delicious, man. The world needs to catch up to that fact. What Terrible, about you? How was your weekend? <laughs> Terrible. The weekend was fine. Baby shower, going away party for one of one of my girlfriend's uh, friends moving to Washington, D.C. Best of luck. Yeah. Connor, Becker, we love you. We'll miss you. And then yesterday, not much, man. Um, chilled. Did a lot of work in the morning, played some disc golf, packed. Mm. As you can see, I'm not in my normal setting. I am in Austin, Massachusetts. Massachusetts? That's an obscure reference to Road Trip. Oh, um, oh I'm in damn. Austin, Texas. about that movie. Holy shit. Uh, I'm in Austin, Texas right now for uh, for some work, dads. It sucks because right behind these terrible blue curtains is the city of Austin. And the way the lighting is today doesn't work, but it's actually a really freaking nice view. So... It's a good weekend. I'm out here for the week and just business meetings or what? It's a conference. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a conference specific to a, one vendor, like the biggest vendor that we have, gotcha. Wayne. They make uh, gas dispensers. So, funny thing about gas oh. dispensers when you go to a gas station and you're pumping gas, you are pumping gas out of one of two manufactured gas dispensers. It's either Wayne or Gilbarco. That's it. That's all, that, that's, all that's out there. Uh, so, that's how Batman got all his money. You betcha. Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> From Dirty Dinosaur Juice. Yeah, damn. So yeah, we're at the Wayne User Conference this week. Wait a minute. Hold on. Time out. Time out. You just said Dinosaur Juice, and I never... Okay, you got to teach me something here. And I, I could be a complete fool here. Fossil fuels, does that actually mean, like, came from the fossils of animals that died? Um, It, it basically just means that, m like, multi-millennia's worth of organic material has fallen down into the earth oh, and has... Okay manifest itself in oil gotcha okay okay so gotcha. it's not like directly from dinosaurs but but yes it is interesting okay yeah. never actually put that together in my head before just felt like a fun word yeah it is fun dinosaur juice <laughs> exactly hey big shout out to your brother it's his birthday today happy birthday girth brooks is he 30 he's 29 today 29. Um, and my grandmother, our grandmother, Rose Kenzie, turned 95 today. So happy birthday to her as well. Damn, happy birthday, Rose. 95. How's she doing? Fucking was out uh, past midnight last night doing karaoke, man. So she's doing wow. great. Wow. Yes. Damn, I want to party with Rose. Man, they call her Rosie Sinatra at the karaoke bar. She no shit. Almost every weekend. <laughs> she's a good singer. It's amazing. Yeah. That so, is yeah. incredible. So you got to tell me, man, is Tiger Woods going to be playing golf this week in Augusta? I hope so. That would be amazing. I really hope so. It sounds like it's a game time decision from what I'm reading, but he's there. That's what he said. He said game time decision. He's there. He played golf there last week. 
He was hitting balls yesterday, striping them, which is not like... We've seen him. We saw him in December. He put out videos of him hitting golf balls, mm-hmm. and he played with his son. Yeah, they came in second. At the father-son challenge they do every year, mm-hmm. and he looked great. Although, I mean, obviously, it wasn't a sanctioned tournament, but he looked amazing. So the fact that he's hitting golf balls well is not a surprise. I think what is a surprise is that he's actually considering playing in this tournament. And if you know anything about Tiger Woods, he wouldn't consider playing in this tournament if he didn't think he had an actually ch- a chance to compete, yeah, right. So the fact that he's considering it means even the fact that he said it's a game time decision basically means he's playing. To me, means he's playing. The fact he hasn't said no yet means he's playing. What could possibly happen between now and then? And we don't know. We don't know what's going on. He's very private. What could possibly happen between now and the start of the tournament where he says, "Nah, you know what? No, nah, nah. I'm just over here, just stroking it a little bit. I'm not gonna. No, nah, yeah. come on, man. Mm-hmm. This guy's full mass. This is Augusta. This is his tournament. He's gonna play. He's gonna play, and it's gonna. Honestly, man, I, I think about this every time something like this happens. I should never be this excited as a grown man for another grown man to go out and play golf. But it <laughs> gets me so much more juice than like anything else. When if Tiger was playing the Masters, game over. Isn't it crazy the spark that he brings to golf, man? Even now, twenty some years into his career, like dude, he, it's wild. It's must it's watch. Wild. He, yeah, like like they used to say he moves the needle. No, he is the needle. Yeah, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no like like there's nobody else. And I love golf, and I would watch the Masters regardless. But Tiger Woods is playing. It nothing else matters. And and what's crazy about it is even his fellow competitors recognize that, mm-hmm. and they know like even above and beyond it being like way better for their paycheck that Tiger Woods is involved in golf, which is absolutely true. It's just good for the game. So yeah. even if they know that he's going to come out there and compete, and they just they appreciate the fact that Tiger Woods is in this tournament. I love it. I really, really hope it happens. What do you think it is, though? Because it's like back in the day, in the 90s, early 2000s, he was fucking dominating, obviously. He had like an energy about him that like wasn't really in golf at the time. Now, the way he, like, he doesn't do that as much anymore. Like, he'll celebrate, but he's not like Tiger Woods celebrating like he was before. Like, that energy in him is, is not there. Like, he's still plays at a pretty high level but like what is it that like makes you just like glued like i do the same thing and i can't tell you what the x factor is but like glued to the tv when he participates in a major tournament like this yeah you ever seen the movie the incredibles yeah do you remember do you remember when uh mr incredible's out in the driveway and the little kids on his little three-wheeler and mm-hmm. mr incredible's yeah. all pissed off and he goes what are you waiting for he goes i don't know something incredible i guess that's how i feel every single time i watch tiger woods because yeah. you don't know What's going to happen, plus everything that's happened in the past 10, 12 years or so, given the adversity that he's put himself through, right? Like Mm -hmm. all the obstacles that he's had to overcome that are self-imposed. And then he makes his way back, wins the Masters, gets in a horrific car accident, and then 13 months later, 14 months later, is considering playing in, in in the Masters. I mean, it's just like, I think the mystique around it is just like, he seems to be a impenetrable human being. He seems to be like otherworldly in his physical ability. And if he were to go out there and just compete, and you're talking about winning, if he were to win, it would be like the craziest thing that happened in sports since he won last time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just Tiger Woods. And it's hard to sit because it's, it's, it's an individual sport, right? So it's not like the same with Tom Brady where you got greatness and maybe Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl and you're like, yeah, fuck it. I hope he wins another one just just to rack it up, right? LeBron James. I, you know, it, say first it. of all, say it. Well, hold on, hold on. I don't know. I don't want to talk shit. If it, are, are they out of the playoffs? Not yet, but pretty much, yeah. They really? need a lot. They need to win out and have a lot of shit go their way. So they're done. Wow. Mm-hmm. What an embarrassment. That's to LeBron's fault, though. LeBron balled out this year. He was Seems like, like he did. Seems like he was as efficient as he ever has been. Leading NBA scorer at like age 36. That's pretty impressive. 
You know what tells me? His team around him was trash. It tells me he's selfish. Maybe if he would pass the ball a couple more Shut times. Shut the fuck up. I'm just saying, if you're the leading scorer on a, on a shitty team, what does that tell you? His A1 option, Anthony Davis, was out three-fourths of the entire year. Surprisingly, Russell Westbrook play, has played in almost every single game this year. Has he? Yeah, I mean, he's had a terrible year, but like, yeah. weirdly enough, he's, he's played in, in most of the games. But yeah, that team, on paper, before the beginning of the year, I thought was going to be phenomenal, bro, and it just is not... Yeah, not materialized. Yeah, but but I mean to go back to your to your point about Tiger Woods, I don't know, man. It it, it it's just something about greatness and yeah. and continued greatness. And he's not he's always great, right? And he's always going to be like a great golfer, regardless of his ability to win in, uh, at the highest level. But just having him out there competing, having a chance anytime he's even in the top ten, it's. It's a major story. Do you think we'll ever see him break Jack Nicholas's record of 18 majors? He's three away, so, I mean... Who uh, knows, dude? At this point, who the fuck knows? Yeah. He's... Maybe. Possibly. I, you know, I think I think that, that has, to, has to be in his mind, right? Like, it's got to be in his mind that he wants to have the credentials of being the best. Although... There, there would be absolutely no argument if you're like, Tiger Woods is the best golfer. It's not even like MJ and LeBron. It's like, yeah, dude, Tiger Woods is the best golfer to ever walk a golf course. It's not, that isn't, you know, doesn't take away from any of the other grades, but it's absolutely the case. And to have the credentials, to have that 18, to even match him or, or, to, or, to, yeah. or to, to over overtake him. I mean, yeah, I mean, th- then, then at that point, it would be like, okay, what else could I possibly do to prove my worth in right. this game or to myself or to anybody else? That's what I think he's doing at this point, bro. Like he has nothing else to play for other than to break that record. I feel like, like for himself, like I, I, he's got nothing to prove to anyone else in my opinion. Like you just said, like, yeah, but he's also, he's always been, he's always been that dude. Even back to his first master's win, I forget, was it Chris DeMarco that he was up against in 97 or maybe it was in 2000, it was one of his master's wins and the guy he was playing against in the final round had said something about him on Saturday about like, yeah, he hits the ball long, but this, that, and the other, or he's not very accurate or whatever. And he goes out there and just wipes the fucking floor with this guy. <laughs> and they asked him about his comments afterwards. And Tiger's like, yeah, absolutely. It had something to do with it. So I don't know. He always looking for that edge and always looking for that way to get pissed off and, yeah. and, and try and be great. And so I, I think that just, that's just who he is. As long as he, as long as he has the ability in his body, he's going to go out there and try and do it. And so I think there's a lot of different motivations Certainly, the ma- the major championships has something to do with it, but just the fact that he's who he is, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, also, wouldn't it be cool if one day, like LeBron, he was able to play in a PGA tournament with his son? Yeah, dude, that'd be. You know what I'm saying? I, I heard a story actually that because Charlie went down with him this week to Augusta just to check out. I guess Tiger went and played a practice round and yada yada, just trying to feel it out. And Charlie was there, and one of the course officials asked him, like, hey, do you want to come over and play the par three course? And they offered to, like, let him play. And he, he I guess he just snickered at him and <laughs> walked to the far, the black tees, far back tees on hole one and just striped a ball right down the ah, fucking fairway. And it. it's just like, that's that fucking it. energy. Yes, thank you. It passed on. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully that'd be sick. That's And that's what I feel like. I feel like Tiger, if he wasn't trying to chase those majors, man, I feel like he would just kind of focus in on Charlie and, like, try to help him develop. But I feel like in his head, like, he just, wants that record so bad yeah i agree and i hope he fucking gets it man does he have a, an advantage in augusta do you think as opposed to other courses yeah i mean so i i, I it's gonna expose myself i'm like a giant golf nerd i rewatched his 2019 masters final round you can the full cbs broadcast is on youtube no, no, and it's... i just i got to like the back nine and just fast forwarded to every one of his shots <laughs> and um they were playing the 16th par three over the water. 
This is the hole that Jordan Spieth completely collapsed on his final round in 2016 yep. when he was about to win his second in a row. And he couldn't have possibly seen the group in front of him, but the group in front of him, two of, one, one or two of the, of the guys went in the water. They were short. They hit great shots, but they were short, and they couldn't understand it. And they were trying to go at the pin. The pin was on the right side of the, of the green, and the green is like kind of narrow and long. So th- it starts at the left, narrow and long to the right, and then you have a, a, a front in, in, in the front of the green, and it's a hill, and it goes down. And if you, do, if, you, if you don't catch the green, or even if you do with a little bit of spin, that ball is going to spin back down all the way down the hill and hit the water. I was going to say, there's and, a, lot, a big thing of water right there. Yeah. yeah. So the, the group in front of him hits in the water, and then two guys in his group, hit in the water Mm -hmm. and they can't figure it out. They're both like super perplexed. And then Tiger just hits this beautiful shot to the left side of the green, right in the middle. And I remember, I think I forget who was announcing and they were like, that is the most veteran Augusta move I've ever seen in my life. He probably learned that from like Jack Nicholas. Cause that's like the only place that you would want to put it. If you're like in contention, you do not want to go flag hunting too much could go wrong. So puts it right in the middle of the green has a, relatively stress-free par and then goes on to 17 birdies and, 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 you know, rest is history. So yeah, I mean like definitely it gives him an advantage hundred percent. There, there are things that he knows that he can, that he can work with at that course that probably not a lot of golfers can, but at the end of the day, if his body's not up to it, if he, if he can't make yeah. it happen for all four rounds and what, what the hell does it matter? Mm-hmm. You know, true. man, I'll never forget that masters. I was in uh, England with Pat. Were you we were, really? Yeah. We were, we were on vacation. Uh, we had gone over there. And yeah, I just, dude, it was just electric. We were trying to find anywhere we could just to watch it, like stopping at pubs and, or at our Airbnb. Like it was, we were overseas on our, you know, for the first time ever and on this big vacation. It's like, we got to watch TV. (laughs) We got to watch this shit. Yeah. Yeah. You can't miss. Yeah. I was, I was at, uh, I was in Temecula, California. We went for my birth, mine and my brother's birthday, running at Airbnb. The whole family came out. Nice. Michael and Paulina were there. And my mom drove me back from Temecula. It's about an hour from San Diego. And the whole time I have my tablet streaming from a hotspot <laughs> on my, on my cell phone and I'm just glued. I'm watching every freaking shot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'll be doing this weekend. Yes. So you can find me. Yes, yes, yes. And didn't you say something about Tiger, even though Tiger's not committed, something with betting with him? He became the most bet on golfer last week over pure speculation. So huh. People gave up their money knowing that there's a chance he wouldn't even possibly play in the tournament. Wow. That's, that's, that's confidence. Yeah, Tiger that's Woods. Tiger freaking Woods, man. <sighs> Dude, so I heard a crazy story this past week, and we were kind of talking about it a little bit, but the story came out of Washington, D.C., and some details are still fuzzy, but it looks like a very big uh, anti-abortion activist named Lauren Handy was found with five pretty much fully developed fetuses in her house this past week. Yeah, uh, big disclaimer. If you didn't hear already, this deals with a lot of really touchy subjects and some pretty graphic details so just be warned so i what they're saying is they were found in her house they're still trying to iron out the details of how they got there you know i'm sure the lawyer will say those were planted or whatever but uh it's pretty pretty big deal like the the idea or the kind of what i'm seeing a lot of outlets report is like that they were going to be used to like stage pictures behind like a planned parenthood to make it look like this is what they do with the kids once they kill them and this is murder and, and kind of like set up some propaganda. But you had kind of told me that kind of some more stuff was kind of developing with this bad boy. Yeah. So um, that first part of the story is pretty spot on. This girl, Lauren Handy, she she is an abortion anti-abortion activist. Her and part of this group. The group is called the Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising. There you go. Okay. So her and mem- members of this group decided to go to an abortion clinic uh, in D.C., and like walk themselves in and 
refuse access to this abortion clinic. And that is what they're charged for. Like legally, that is the thing that they've done wrong. And that is how she got arrested. But when it came to these fetuses, oh man, it's such a tough story to talk about. They came into possession of five aborted fetuses through somebody who worked at a, at a separate abortion clinic, separate from the one that they went in and locked themselves into. And they actually alerted the authorities that they were in possession of these, right? So it was kind of set up like a stunt, kind of. Like they weren't hoarding them. They weren't keeping them for some big giant announcement. They, they had them, they came into possession of them. And then they told the authorities, hey, we have these. So they all pretty much expected a raid at some point. And then last week, some plainclothes uh, police officers came in and they confiscated what these activists had. And then they arrested Lauren Handy for... I forget the charge, but it was for basically like not allowing access to this abortion clinic and then they did so illegally. Now, what's interesting about this, there's so many things interesting about this, but one of the interesting things is that the DC police very quickly, I don't know how they were able to do this, maybe just through records of the abortion clinic and they just went off of that word, said definitively that none of these babies, I guess, or fetuses were aborted illegally right? The medical examiner in DC to right now has refused to do any autopsies, which I don't think is, I think you would have to have some sort of like legal charge set against somebody in order for that to happen, right? I don't think that that just triggered automatically. But with this group that, that came into possession of this stuff, it hurts to say it sometimes, that they were saying, or they were claiming that these babies should have been in basically like a, like a nursery. Like they, they, they were very, so late term that it was illegal that they were aborted. Yeah, they refer to them as late gestational ages. So here's the thing. And, and here's how you separate yourself. And, and this here's how you like really don't get anybody to take you seriously. These same activists who came into possession of these late gestational age, whatever they're calling them, they publicly announced that they had a funeral mass for them and a naming ceremony, Yeah, which is just like fucking disgusting. Like... I, I just, I don't know, man, like all of this is just so terribly wrong and in every sense, just, and, and, and there's, there's pictures that are posted online that have been making the rounds ever since this happened and they seem to be legit. And it's just like, dude, I, I couldn't even get through half of one. It's just so fucking awful to look at. But I, I think why it's important to talk about this, why it's important to bring this up, not just because it's shock and awe and because it's just so crazy, all of it, but I think you're going to start to see the unraveling on both sides of this issue because it looks like states are beginning to posture themselves for the very real possibility that Roe v. Wade gets overturned. Mm -hmm. I'm just so terrified that we're going to have more of these stories come out on either end of the spectrum, right? Like this is just so freaking loony that I can't even wrap my head around how wild it is, how preposterous it is for this group to do something like this. And then to publicly announce that they have taken the stuff that's not theirs at all. They have absolutely no right to have possession of to announce that they had a funeral mass and a naming ceremony is just so like cultish and like sick, like sick to mm -hmm. me. I don't know. Maybe somebody thinks different. I think that's disgusting. And you're not going to gather any supporters for whatever your cause is, right? It's so far removed and so extreme to one side that all it's going to do is it's going to create a wedge. Exactly. And it's it's not good, man. It's not good. It's a, it's a bad look. It's a not it's a bad look for both sides, I guess. I mean, she's trying to say that they're breaking the law by breaking the law herself and and like stealing biohazardous materials like it's just like you're saying it doesn't really do anything for the cause and then like you're saying to have a naming ceremony and and 
burial for for them kind of thing. It's it's just kind of seems weird and cultish. Like I mean, kind of religious. I mean, it's just religious, I guess. I don't know. She she there's a quote of her saying it's really humbling to know God has used me in this way, and it's just I don't know, yeah. bro. When people yeah. like do like that, a crazy with, person. Yeah, it sounds like crazy. Exactly. So I, it's hard for me without like bashing on religion or anything like that too much but it's just really weird scenario man i'm personally not like for abortions but like I, obviously i don't think that my opinion should dictate what people do all across the country and, and whatnot but if they get rid of roe v wade like do you think it's just going to become like a gun issue or like the medical marijuana kind of thing like it, it's just like state by state you choose what you want and like pretty soon like it's just going to be like a la carte states you pick where you want to live based on these five topics of you know <laughs> marijuana guns abortion like is that what this country is uh, going to turn into well i mean that's what this country was founded on right like yeah separate but equal states the return to like state power i think on the whole is a good thing but it seems to be revolved around these very like high level completely incendiary issues so it's like does it do more good than harm fuck i don't know man yeah. but but it's hard to say it's hard to say what's what will happen if if roe v wade gets overturned and if i'm a betting man i'm putting all my chips on the fact that it does, I, I just, everything seems to be moving in that direction. It would be, it would it, honestly, it would be shocking if it's upheld. But yeah, I mean, the most logical thing would be that if there is no federal precedent for the legality of abortion, that doesn't make abortion illegal, like in mass across the country. Mm-hmm. What it does is it says, okay, now we are going to deflect to the states. We're going to defer to you. And we're going to say, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you have in place will be what the law is, and then you're going to see a giant windfall of lawsuits that are going to mm. come across. So like, for example, Ohio, your home state. I don't know exactly, but I don't think it's great, the abortion law. Like, I think it's like pretty, pretty strict, like on like on par with like Texas strict. So then you're going to have places like Ohio and Texas and whatever, you know, super conservative state. And they're going to say, we do not want abortion. And I think we're all just going to lose our minds. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I, I would love to like propose a solution. I would love to propose some sort of like amenable take on this. But I, I just I just don't see it because you have so many differing views and the way that the way that we're set up nowadays, like in a place like Ohio, which is highly conservative, unless you're in Cleveland or Columbus and to some respects Toledo, right? If you're in a city, it's far less of a conservative viewpoint. So you have, you have the the loudest voices, which are going to be in the city. They're going to be saying, you know, we want a, a much more liberal take or a much more liberal law on the availability of abortion. And then you're going to have everybody else say, absolutely not. That's not what we want. And so to me, I, I don't see what the solution is, but I will say this. And, and, and I think, I think this is like the most common ground that we can find. Most abortions, the very large majority of abortions that happen in America happen before the second trimester. Mm-hmm. And if you look at any reliable poll, most Americans, the the, the, I wouldn't say the overwhelming majority, but definitely the majority of Americans, when polled, say that abortions after the second trimester are probably a no-go. That's where I draw my line. That's where I'm like, mm, I can't really support that. Agreed. But so like they get rid of Roe v. Wade, it's up on for each of the states to make up their mind on what that is or just instantly, because like right now it, it pretty much protects women's rights to get one federally across the whole country. So once that's gone, it's literally just up to states. Like if Texas wants to say six weeks or nothing, they can legally do that. And like, that's just it. Like 
people that don't even know they're fucking pregnant can't even get an abortion anymore. That's why I said there's going to be a windfall of lawsuits yeah. because what Roe v. Wade protects now is a constitutional right through, and we've we've kind of discussed it. It's it's very vague what grants this constitutional right. Basically. The Constitution says that there are rights that are not in the Bill of Rights that are not explicit in the Bill of Rights today that may still be a right of Americans. And, and it's just not there, basically, is what it says. And so through what was first contraception and then well, actually, what was first like like old school pornography and then contraception and, and then laws about privacy in the marital bedroom was then turned into the right to an abortion. Right. So like there were definitely hoops that had to be jumped through. Mm -hmm. But because of Roe v. Wade and the precedent that was set uh, uh, with with uh, Planned Parenthood versus somebody will find it out who's listening in, in 1994, those precedents were set in place so that if there was something, for example, like this Texas law that went into place, then there would be uh, a, a way for somebody to sue and say, this is unconstitutional. This goes against this, that, and the other. So if they do strike down Roe v. Wade, what that means is that the constitutional protection for abortion is now gone. Mm -hmm. And if you're a state and you put something like Texas has put for six weeks, it's probably going to be a whole lot harder for some pro-choice advocates and lawyers and groups to go after a bill like that. And then elevate it to the Supreme Court. So honestly, man, it's going to be a rewriting of what abortion is in America. And it's going to take time and it's going to be ugly and it's going to suck. And there are going to be women who are probably going to suffer because of it. And it's just, uh, I don't know, man. I, it's just such, it's, uh, I can't think of a more polarizing issue. And I don't know what, what sucks is like you get, you get stories like the one that we just talked about. There's nothing rational about it. There's nothing that makes sense on the face. Like, like, even if you were in possession of what they were in possession of, and even if these abortions were done quote unquote illegally, who are you gonna who are you gonna get on your side? Right. No, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna support that. This is way too much for the average American to be like, yeah, I'm about this. Yeah, you know, like we don't need vigilante anti-abortion groups. Like we we need very rational, straight, blunt talk about what we're about what we're talking about. I don't know how we get to a point where we all agree that like 12 to 15 weeks is the threshold. And that's where we, as a, as a population on the whole, where we kind of draw the line, there's people going to be on, on either ends of it. There is common ground though. That, that is a reasonable range. What you just said is very reasonable. Even if you're like hardcore anti-abortion, right? You'd be like, mm -hmm. okay, I don't believe in it. I don't even think it should be legal. But I am one voice that, that is opposing abortion. There are other voices, which are just as loud as strong, and maybe even louder and stronger, that say, I want abortion till the third trimester. I want there to be absolutely no stress for a woman to make a decision of whether or not she wants to carry a child to term, right? Mm -hmm. So you have both of these. You can't have one or the other, right? It's very clear that you're going to have to make some concession. And I feel like the concession is very fair in that like the, we say we don't we don't really doesn't sit well with us that after the first trimester an abortion takes place that to me seems to be like a reasonable concession it seems to be like a reasonable amicable solution but then do you think that would get federally protected like a new no. roe v wade would be instituted with like that new guideline i couldn't see it ever because how could you how could you just arbitrarily say 15 weeks because because in order for something to be federally protected you would have to say that you, have to, you would have to draw it back to, to, to constitutionality how do you do that i mean you have the right to bear arms you also have the the right to life liberty pursuit of happiness mm -hmm. i would think the biggest part of that liberty would be the ability to make your own choice about your own body for a woman 
So it's like, if that is a God-given thing or whatever you're going to say in our constitution, that should somehow be federally protected just like guns are. Like, they're never going to be able to really take guns away because it's amendment number two. It's fucking right there. The basis of our country is life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And you're basically just saying, except for the state that you live in, it's really what they decide for this issue. Like, that seems wrong. Well, it does seem wrong. But if if, if you were to take the argument of, a say, a, a pro-life activists or lawyer or group or whoever, and they would say, well, constitutionally, if we can prove that the life inside of a woman is indeed a life, I, I've said this before, I, I don't yeah, think yeah. it's even a matter of opinion anymore that that is, that is true. Like if, at conception, we know exactly what happens. So then they would say, when does that life deserve legal protection? Because we're not talking about just the woman's life. We are actually, actually talking about another life. And so that, that to me is where like it begins to really get very tricky. Yeah, because then the pro-choice argument back to that is like, well, it would lean towards the person with consciousness who's an American citizen, taxpaying citizen, and right. should be able to make their own choice. You know, so it's like you're in circles. <laughs> yeah, well, right, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. You're just yeah. you're just talking in circles because because both ends of the of the argument do have like rational arguments to the reasons why They've they think legs. that this could be the case. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, like going back to even what it was in the '90s, this was the thing that 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 even that Democrats were. This was like their slogan for abortion. It was legal but rare. I think some or something like that. I might be paraphrasing, but legal but rare. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's going to be tough, right? Like, and how do you tell the people of Texas that six weeks is too is too much? That's just crazy, bro. You don't even know you're pregnant most of the time in six weeks, dude. That's nuts. It's essentially a ban on abortion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Without saying it's a, it's a ban on abortion. So I don't know, like you mentioned constitutionally, maybe you can make that argument. Like I said, man, it's going to take time and it's going to take legal action and it's going to take a lot of emotional capital from mm-hmm. a population that is already strained emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> and I just don't, I that's why I'm just not optimistic about us getting to a point of reasonable, rational uh, solution. And I think that exists. I really do think it exists. It, it just, it's going to take concession. Mm-hmm. It's going to take these stories not happen. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, like these things cannot happen. You cannot yeah. do this. This is just so it's a step backwards. Yeah. It really is a step backwards. It absolutely is that you couldn't have said it better, man. Do you think about, you know, from the altered conservative viewpoint on the whole Texas law, like that's probably like the best form of birth control that they could ever implement. Like I guarantee you, if it stays in effect for a long period of time, that teenage uh, pregnancies go way the fuck down because people are not going to want to take that risk that they don't even have the option to have an abortion. Like, you know, like teenager, teenage women, like I, I would think that that would strongly dissuade the act of having sex. You know, maybe there'll be a shift towards more handies and other things like that. But like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you don't, if you know that the, the choice of an abortion is completely off the table like i'm gonna think twice four or five times before i'm having sex as a teenager bro like that's that's a whole nother set of consequences i'm gonna need official data on those handies (laughs) yeah Yeah, and and then yeah i don't know man i would imagine that's seen as like a good thing if you're if you're in in, in favor of this right teen pregnancies go down and i don't know man the legislation of morality we do it all the time it's not a new thing and it's not like anything that like should shock you that it happens Mm -hmm. but now it's now it's there's a big push like in places like Texas and, and, and Mississippi and, and, and definitely other places. Now that push is going to, is, is starting to go back a little bit more towards a conservative, definitely like a, a, a Christian, uh, mindset. And I, a lot of people have an issue with that for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think like, as more and more people become like atheists or agnostic, whatever, like 
Christianity or religion doesn't like rule everyone's mindset today as it used to maybe like they're trying to legislate that now you know away from like well if you know a good practice in Catholic would do this but like now if that's not something they can really reference it's like well this is the law you know like they're trying to legislate morality now instead of trying to impose it through a book I think you are you're always legislating morality yeah yeah I mean, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna like make a make a stance I think Maryland just passed a new law where it's <sighs> It's just like that don't say gay bill where they were talking about like, oh, they're going to allow for 20, 28 week year old uh, babies to be aborted. It's like, yes, but not really. Like it, all that does is set up legal protection so that if, if, if you try and save a child after a legal abortion, if abortion goes wrong and, and you make every attempt to save it and it doesn't live, then you're protected legally from, from legal action. There's, gotcha. there, it, but, but like, but yes, yes. At 28 weeks, something could happen, but it's not saying that like, that like anybody could go at 28 weeks and just say, Hey, I don't want this anymore. Like, like there's, there's definitely barriers against it. But, but if you're, if you're taking in a bunch of conservative media, then you've seen like different things where it's like, Oh, you know, 28 weeks and, and they're, they're killing 28 weeks year old babies. They're going to allow for that. How can you yeah. possibly do that? Spin. You know, same thing with the don't say gay bill. How are they going to say, uh, legislate the, 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 the ability to, to talk about this, that, and the other. It's like, well, take, take a step back. It's really not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're just going to see a lot of that, but when you legislate for the legality of abortion, you're legislating morality. It's just a different morality. Yeah. True. Just a different morality. Um, I think one one thing we could all like really get behind is the the morals and the ethics of journalism. Yeah. And how how shitty they've been recently. <laughs> and we we have a long way to go there. The Washington Post, democracy dies in darkness. The Washington Post, that Washington Post, the the Washington Post that was just completely you know took their pants down and mooned the entire nation for about four or five years when Donald Trump was in in office. Um, they came out. Their editorial board came out this week, uh, this weekend, and they had a story about, they had an an editorial about Hunter Biden's laptop. And it's interesting because this seems to be a slight pivot from the way that they used to handle themselves previously, where they would at all costs defend the side that wasn't Donald Trump, right? If you don't know about this Hunter Biden story and you've been living under a rock and you're not taking in this kind of news, I encourage you to continue to doing so. But if if you need a quick refresher, this laptop was brought in by Hunter Biden to a laptop or a computer repair shop in Delaware. It got into the hands of Rudy Giuliani of all people. Rudy Giuliani is not a what you would consider rational, level-handed person. So when Rudy Giuliani is shouting at the rooftops that they have Hunter Biden's laptop and they have all this evidence of fraud and all this evidence of corruption, it'd be easy to dismiss him. But if you put it on the other hand and you had the same thing about Donald Trump, that would be news for weeks, if not months, if not years. And we know this, just go see Russia. But what ended up happening is that some 50-odd agents in, in the intelligence community signed a letter, published this letter. The letter said, this is a, a Russian disinformation initiative. This is how we believe it. And there's nothing there. there. There's no there there. Well, fast forward to mid and late March, and the New York Times is forced to concede that indeed this laptop was real. Indeed, the things in it are legitimate. And there are pending investigations and possible indictments for Hunter Biden based off of the information that was on this laptop. What makes this story so, so awful 
was the timing of it because it was uncovered during a, an election cycle. We had officials in the United States government and in and, and our intelligence community come out and call it Russian disinformation, which it absolutely wasn't. So, so they, they said it was false when it was actually true. And if you don't think that that doesn't change minds or that doesn't have an, a, an effect on, on, on the way this election goes, then I think you know, you're, you're just being naive or, or you're choosing not to not to see what's there. And this Washington Post editorial is basically saying this is a reckoning for the United States media because we willfully put up these blinders. Um, not only do we willfully put up these blinders, but the the publication that broke this story, which was the the New York Post, was suspended from Twitter oh. for put for putting this story up or, or at least the, the journalist that that put it up was suspended from Twitter. And Twitter would not let you share that link. They stopped that from happening. And Facebook altered its algorithm so that that story could not be shared and spread in mass on Facebook. There was a coordinated effort. This is not a conspiracy. I mean, this is facts that I'm reading right here from The Washington Post to dismiss this story as false. And it turned out to be true. Now, there's nothing that could tie President Biden to any of the corruption or fraud charges that might come down on Hunter Biden. That's because obviously his name is not written all over the checks and and, and all over the, the, the money that's being sent to Hunter. But if you know anything about Hunter Biden, he's a crackhead, has been for a long time, you know? whatever, man, everybody deals with their own thing. I'm not here to judge Hunter Biden. I only bring it up to say that this man was on the board of two different energy companies and was getting paid by, by not only Ukraine, but by China. Why? Mm -hmm. Why is he getting paid by these companies or by, by these countries? And he's the guy that he is. Well, I mean, come on. There's really only one reason. We all know what that reason is. That's that's a big story. That's big news, man. That's that's I mean, like that's a, as much fraud, if not more, or as much corruption, if not more than anything we we learned about our previous incumbent. But we know how the media works now. I mean, like we, we understand how this thing goes. So it's very refreshing that The Washington Post comes out, says these things and recognizes that there needs to be a pivot and that the truth absolutely needs to be uncovered. So so in that we don't look like a bunch of fucking buffoons. We don't look like a bunch of incompetent assholes, even though we are. <laughs> at yeah. least at least cover the stories truthfully, honestly, and and on their face and allow for people to make their own decisions. I like how they ended it. The very last sentence says, uh, none of these dilemmas have easy answers. The lesson learned from 2016 was evidently to err on the side of setting aside questionable material in the heat of a political campaign. The lesson learned from 2020 may well be that there's also a danger of suppressing accurate and relevant stories. That's very true. I, I agree with both of those sentences. Yeah, absolutely, right? Whatever, I, you can give some grace to what happened in 2016 and nobody saw it coming and allegations that Russia helped. I mean, that you just kind of wanted to believe that, right? Like it, it sounded like that was true, which may be the reason that it was perpetuated so much. So you, you learn that lesson, you're like, oh, fuck, we kind of fucked up there, guys. Yeah. And then it happens in 2020 and you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. We know what happened last time. Let's not make that same mistake. And then it turns out it's actually 100% true. Yeah. And it sucks because a lot of this happens to err on the side of caution when you're talking about a liberal or, or a Democratic candidate, right? Like it just seems to be that all these things that we were talking about back in 2019 to 2020, that everybody was like, ah, nah, that wasn't true. For example, Obama knew that his intelligence uh, officers were spying on Donald Trump's campaign. Mm -hmm. Fact. That's a fact. <laughs> Hillary Clinton was in cahoots with Russia. Fact. Like, these are facts. 
And these things are being said. Donald Trump was was interviewed by Leslie Stahl in 60 Minutes, and he told him he's they're spying on my campaign. And she goes, sir, that's not true. He goes, yeah, it is. He goes, all you got to do is look it up. And she goes, sir, with all due respect, we're 60 Minutes. Well, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, re- refreshing to see people who have been blatantly partisan in their in their news coverage come around to the fact that uh, it's not great for news coverage. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that's changing. And last thing I had for you today, Elon Musk is now the largest shareholder of Twitter. It's an interesting move. I saw that come out today as well. Yeah. He owns more than the guy that made it, right? Yeah. He has more Twitter shares than the co-founder and former CEO, Jack Dorsey. Stock is up 25% in Monday trading. He owns 73 and a half million shares, $2.9 billion valuation uh, on Friday's closing. So he put out a Twitter poll last week and he said, Free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle? And then below that, he he tweeted his he he commented on his own tweet said the consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. The poll said that seventy percent of respondents said no. Twitter does not rigorously adhere to the principles of uh, free speech, and six. 30%, roughly 30% said yes. So I don't know what his plans are. He hasn't announced anything. Um, and he said that he's been giving serious thought to creating a new social media platform, which is so hard to do. I mean, like Twitter's already the, you know, pretty much the town square. So you gotta, you know, either build something that everyone's going to join, which is hard to do, or change what everyone's using. And yeah. I don't know, man, this looks interesting. I think that's the easier option, man. Trump's run into a bunch of trouble with that truth platform. Not, is he? It's not going well. It launched and it's a complete failure. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even well. with that, like I haven't, I haven't even been on it at all or looked into it, but some people will like tweet out what his official press releases are or whatever, you know? So it's like still Twitter that's running most of the communication. Yeah. Um, there's a analyst from Kassend Securities. I don't know who they are, but Wall Street Journal thought they were important enough to put in this article. Uh, He said, there is no such thing as a passive stake with Elon Musk. He's clearly going to roll his sleeves up, which is very cool. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I I hope his first move, I don't even know what kind of authority he has, but I hope he just starts to get people who have like been banned to not be banned and just start start encouraging as much communication as possible, like it used to be. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll uh, see. Quick, quick shout time. out to the all-time greatest college basketball coach of all time, Coach K, as he has coached his final game this past weekend. Dude, I don't know much about college basketball or Duke or Coach K, but there's a lot of people that do not like him. Like, don't just like, uh, he won so much against my, like, don't like him as a person. We're happy to see him leave. Do not let the door hit you on your way out. Uh, so I, I cannot wait to dig more into that because I, I had no idea. Like you said, the most winning, the winningest college basketball coach ever. He's coached Olympic teams. He's got Olympic gold medals. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I would love to see what other people have to say about him. Yeah. Sportsmanship's come up a lot. And actually in the final perfect demonstration when Duke lost to North Carolina on Saturday, their bitter rival. They did not shake hands with any of the Tar Heels. They just walked off the court, mm. which is very, that's a poor show. I know it's your rival, but that's a poor show. That's what not a in the rough spirit way to go game. out, dude. Yeah. So that unfortunate, who you got tonight? Do you care? Kansas, North Carolina? Is it tonight? It is tonight. I would love to see North Carolina win. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing to me, but I'd like to see North Carolina win. I got Kansas in a bracket, so I'm uh, really hoping that they could take it. <laughs> be some now money I'm my way. definitely rooting for North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. You ever hear of fucking, have you ever heard of John Batiste? No, I've heard of John Batista. Well, John Batiste, also yeah, last night at the Grammys, real quick before we get out of here, he beat Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, Kanye West, 
Chris Brown, Doja Cat, Lady Gaga, Lil Nas X, Olivia Rodrigo, and Billie Eilish for album of the year. And Wow. Yeah, so apparently... That's going to be my suggestion. What I'm going to be doing today is listening to this album because a couple albums on here I actually really, really like. And I, you know, I did never even heard of this guy. I just figured like, oh, cool. A nice, nice nomination or whatever. But apparently this album's pretty solid. What is the genre? We Are is the name of the album. John Batiste is the artist. I listened to it like really quick and it just kind of seemed like, like urban soul kind of funk, just kind of, kind of unique music. But it, nice. what I heard sounded cool, but it's just like to beat. Kanye West for Donda and that Doja Cat album was huge Planet Her that's one of those albums that like yeah. kind of took over TikTok and like the internet kind of shit and same with Lil Nas X so for sure congrats to him a lot of other big award winners yesterday but that was the one that just like really shocked me there were no slappings yesterday so that's good no assault happened you know what shocked me was Justin that? Bieber performed on stage with a San Diego Padres really? hat on is that all for show or is he a Padres fan he's from Canada isn't he I don't know I cannot read into the mind of Mr. Bieber but um I will accept him with open arms as a Padres fan. We would also accept the San Diego Padres as a sponsor of our podcast if they wanted to do so. But I think it may be a little while until that happens. So in the meantime, we will wrap the men that have been with us since day one. That is Gun Barrel Coffee. Drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. But when you can do that and help American heroes, it makes it taste that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, is proud to donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across the country. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean ground or single serve pods. And right now, as a friend of this ship, you can use the promo code FNH10. You'll save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That is promo code FNH10. Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. Make sure you hit the links in our bios and all our socials that Franklin's about to tell you here. Check out our merch. We got a bunch of new shit on there. Dad hats, racerbacks, all kinds of different colors and assortments and fun things that you can do. If you see something that you want that's not on there, let us know. Shoot us an email to the email that Frank's also going to give you and let us know what you want to see. We will make the item for you. The internet is a wonderful place and we have so much power. So let us use it. If you send us a photo of your uh, Friendship News Hour boxers, we will make sure to plaster right. that all we over got social boxes. media. That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Hit us up wherever and however you'd like uh, on Twitter at FriendshipNH, on Instagram and Twitter at Friendship News Hour. And you can email us bummerdude.media at gmail.com, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We're going to have to post a picture of us together in our boxers once we get them. Down. Probably going to have to be our profile picture. Down. Super down. <laughs> Stuff it with a sock. <laughs> we'll see you next time.